Welcome to season two of Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life. Hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosalie McNally. So you're very welcome to this week's episode, which is a beautiful follow on from the winter season itself or the archetypal energies present at winter. And we're going to explore now in today's episode some practices that can support you during your winter phase on your healing journey during the winter season or even some of the energies that are present at that time. So you're very welcome, BB. Great to be here with you as always. Uh, so good to be back. Lovely, lovely. So I'm going to throw it out there as we always do on these practices sides of the podcast. Um, what springs to mind when you think of practices for the winter? So maybe before we even dive into specific practices, um, I'd like to chat a little bit about the general, you know, energies or qualities you want to invoke or support with the practices. So to me, it would all be around practices that help me to slow down to ground and to nourish so you can technically take pretty much almost any practice Mm. set with that intention and it would be applicable in that way um and just one word of caution because i know there's some and it takes on to no one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people out there who really love winter, we can get also a little sluggish in the winter time. So just if you know that you're naturally someone who loves to indulge in all of the slow grounding, nourishing qualities that I just said, you just might want to uh, keep an eye that it, they stay in, in, a, in a sense of awareness and an expression where they really are slowing, grounding and nourishing rather than being sluggish and stuck and muddy. So that's just... I think as a general rule. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rosalind? Um, for me, sort of the energies that the practices will, I would like them to invoke would be, I don't even know what the practices are yet, but I'd like them to invoke sort of a drawing in of your energy, a more of a inward looking sort of way of looking at yourself or being with yourself. Um, sort of that sort of dreamy aspect, the dreaming energy, the inner wisdom, accessing that there being fully present and it has to be about nourishment and tending to the self like um so yeah a couple of practices that that come right away to mind i mean that that nourishment to me goes hand in hand with you know reflection so for me writing practices are an integral part um but you don't have to physically write you can do audio recordings or you know if you like video recordings for yourself in a diary but reflective practices i like to write i like to reflect over the last few months i like to reflect on on relationships that i have i like to reflect over situations that felt difficult uh, to me uh, reflect over situations that felt uplifting where i felt loved where i felt connected you know all of those different experiences and just to to write in my case i like writing but if you want to you know obviously do it in a different format you can do that but something that brings me into that process and i tend to do that um every day um, simply because I need it every day, <laughs> remembering, because uh, I just have also this tendency, I love winter, but I have this tendency of like, wanting to be productive as well and just loving the productivity, not so much the productivity, but the creativity, the oozing out into the world. So especially early winter, um, while I'm 
unhooking from that still somewhat of a driving force of autumnal qualities um I like to write because it helps me to reflect. It helps me to reflect of where am I stuck, where I'm still hooked up into, where I'm unconscious of certain patterns and certain dynamics, where I keep driving, and just helping me to slow down. So that's that's one of the things. I tend to do them in the morning, those writing practices. Um, and then I sometimes really nerd out and do it twice a day. <laughs> it depends on, you know, how much time you have at any given, given time. It can be five minutes or it can be like a deluxe, you know, two-hour deep dive. Um, but I think the essence and the intention is more important than the actual amount of time that you allocate to it. It's always intention and focus. Like um, for me, it's like the I don't journal. Um, I sort of walk and talk is what I would call what I do. Not what I like, but um, in the classes I hold for the seasons, it's like I get them to journal or do prompts or to co contemplate them. Like so, because it's coming into well here here now it'll be maybe when this is released it will be around sound like but it'll be coming into sound the Celtic New Year it's nice to stand and reflect back on the previous cycle so as and I look back because I track and follow the cycles of the seasons and the wheel of the year stand in each one and revisit it and see what have I learned what have I carried forward but maybe am I still holding I need to let go off like we chatted in the last podcast really nice things to sort of journal about or consider is what challenges does the season bring me like Do you know, like to aspects of myself, aspects of my life, what would support me or allow me to be open to embracing this energy or this season, these qualities that are present, and then even possibly during it or at that towards the end of it, what gifts can be harvested by me fully being here, like being fully alive to this, this moment, this season, like so what can I really you know? claim from it reclaim from it to myself that maybe I've been missing or maybe I've been craving but I haven't allowed myself to receive it like so for me it's a, a point like every part of the every season on the cycle or every yeah season on the cycle would be a point where I stop and reflect back on the previous like usually a six-week cycle and go okay what's been happening in this space what would I like to adjust what would I like to change like so for me, it's like the prompts are there just to explore the energies that are present at this time of year and how I meet them. Like, and then like you can take whatever energies you want or whatever it means to you. Like, but I sometimes like getting them to explore what does winter mean to me? What has been my past experience of winter? Do you know, like from family, from society, from work, because then I'm getting to understand how that reflects in my meeting of it. So how can I enter into a different relationship with it? Like beautiful it's gorgeous yeah um another thing maybe on the pragmatic side before i nerd out on <laughs> on the deeper aspects um something i love to do around this time of the years as well like look at my home and just readjust um going into the winter with you know clutter everywhere um, i know it, it, it doesn't let me rest it makes me anxious if anything and it you know it invokes some sort of like self-doubt of you know am i my, you know if i see just cup of clothes hanging around like am I actually capable of living this life you know it mm. goes very quickly from something very simple to like very deep so I, I I like as I'm kind of diving into to set sort of the scenery so um whether it's like the bedroom or like or the entire home that you have just for me not necessarily so much clearing out but like this organizing and then this bringing in love into the room you know it's like it can be a picture frame somewhere or a candle or just like we actually just rearranged 
two rooms we just literally switched the furniture so it's not necessarily requiring more furniture or anything else but we like we gave one of the rooms like a totally different function um you know because we know these are these are the hobbies that lift us up and these are the things that we want to do over the winter and instead of doing it in two different parts of our home I kind of put them together into into one into one room, so we can be both there in there together as we're doing our own own sort of stuff in that way. Um, so things like that, I think, um, are helpful because we get distracted, right? And we get distracted by having to do work, living our life, organizing the kids. We have all this everyday life to do, and so for me, when I change how physically the structure of my room looks or, you know, even just put a plant somewhere in a different place. That is a reminder of just to snap out of one sort of cycle as we're going into this, this slower, slower pace. And, you know, something as simple as, yeah, a flower in a different place. It just makes me pause. And that just helps me. Something so simple, but it helps me to slow down, take a breath. And then it's more likely that I step onto the yoga mat, that I meditate, that I, you know, all of those other practices that we can dive in now a little bit deeper over the next couple of minutes as well. Um, they're more likely to happen if I have an environment that is beautiful, that is conducive to that. And that reminds me, like, I don't know about everyone else, but I just need reminders, you know. Mm. Um, They're anchor points. Visible reminders and reminders of friends. Mm. They're going to go, hey, have you? <laughs> They're like anchor points. Like, so it's like, in effect, what you're chatting about is creating a nest, is creating a little cave. Like, do you know, like of all the things that I wish to explore and be with, do you know, like, so even though in the last podcast we were chatting about active nothingness, active nothingness is you're still doing things but maybe the intention the energy behind it is different like or you're focusing and bringing out things that maybe you've put away during the more active months like so you've created your little nest like that way like and even what you chatted about was sort of you know like rearranging the furniture moving things about that's prime winter energy like where we are meant to shake things up like do you know like so we sort of shake ourselves out of the normal way of doing things so we can maybe begin to see things a little bit differently like like so it's it's bang on like yeah and i think it's also this this idea that we talked about as uh of autonomy you know and 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 self-reliance or authenticity just because it's winter and it's quiet doesn't mean it that there's a passivity to it, but it's not a hands up and a give up on, on life, you know. So I may not go out and I might not engage in being as cre I gotta watch with the word creative and productive. I don't wanna necessarily say productive, but this outward force energy that ends up in some sort of materialized way or that ends up in, in a project or something that I even love doing, that that doesn't necessarily take take over in, in, in that way. And so harnessing the energy and and organizing some within the home to me is yes it is still productive but where the energy goes it stays in in the home so um there, there's a clearing of the energy there is a clarifying there's a restructuring but it sort of uh, spirals within within the home so it's redirected to self and it's with the intention of you know that we in our home feel grounded safe nourished inspired while we're going to the quieter time so then i have less reasons to go out there you know yeah. and to me that's so much about winter it's about cozing in anchoring down slowing down mm. but it can it's be the, beautiful it doesn't have to be a slog right it's the intention behind anything that we do like do you know like and winter is a, a time of creativity like you know where all the work is happening behind the scenes in the soil rather than being outwardly focused 
but it's okay too if if you follow your own cycles you follow your own cycles that's everything we teach about is you learn to identify your own cycles but you also learn to identify when you're not in a flow with your own cycles like do you know like when you're going against your own natural rhythm and I think that's what when we're chatting about cycles and archetypal energies that we learn when we're in flow with them we're out of balance with them where I'm craving to be in it and where I'm not like you know, so it's the anything can be made to have a winter energy when the intention is there. Like, so it's it's the focus of. And it. so it's when we then talk about specific practices. You know, a lot of the times we talk about my, you know, come from a physical asana practice, yoga practice point. Um, sometimes my practices do, and sometimes they don't change that much across the season. But what changes in the intention? And so I can technically practice if you have a, a well-formulated, full-rounded practice that taps into all aspects of, you know, the different uh, asana, families, categories, ways of moving forward, backward, twisty, you know, in, into all of those. If you just, and that's a really interesting one to maybe practice, um, to have something set up like that and practice with it throughout the seasons and just change your intention and just watch what the practice gives you. So, you know, because for those of you who are yoga teachers, we can get a little nerdy on it and we can over sequence and over adjust and, you know, every week, every month, every single practice is different. But when things change too often, what, what's, what we're missing out is, is this, the steadiness that we see how we progress and how we change actually. So the beauty of a, of a practice that stays the same across all seasons, but the intention behind it and the quality with which I practice changes means I get to observe myself and see myself against, then the practice has become an archetype. And I see where I veer off this archetype, you know, um, and practice different qualities of being within that. So ultimately that means I can practice a, a downward facing dog, a posture in a way that's very summery or that's very wintry. And then you can relate that into everyday life. So you can get up and do the things that you do all year round, like brushing your teeth in a way that's wintry and summery. So you can show up to the meetings that you have at work in a way that's summery and wintry. So then that allows us, because a lot of the times, you know, when we live in, in, in this modern life, we might not have the, the, the luxury to go, you know, winter, I just going to clear my schedule and work less. That might not be available for all of us. But so if it isn't, you can still do the same things, but the intention behind it changes. And so to me, that's where a physical embodiment practice becomes so powerful because it can practice doing the same thing with a different intention behind it and watch how it has a completely different effect on me and also the people then, but then around me. So that's one way of working with winter is just bring a different intention to your, to your physical asana practice. Mm. Yeah, to anything that somebody is into any of their practices, like even remembering that, you know, what is my, my intention behind this and what do I wish to gain from this in a sense or to experience during it like you know, so it could be during it I get to experience you know, rest I get to rejuvenate I get to maybe experience renewal in my system like if it, fe as if it feels sluggish as we were chatting about in the last one like um, for me then sort of the winter practices that are nice to explore they often like a listen to I'm just like your yeah, mind's evolved like usually out walking but everything outside like but it would still be going like at certain times to the sacred sites like especially on the turning points but go because there's there's such energy there and such information there but anywhere in nature like and seeing how it's speaking to you like 
just as simple as that there like when I'm out in my daily walk do you know like what's different in the space like because more than likely at the minute people are walking the same stretches like but you know so you're really getting to be with it throughout each of the seasons but like how is nature speaking to me like you know when I look out my window what do I see like and how do I feel about what I am seeing like because nature is at the minute teaching me to let go in the autumn and the shift and the change and the beautiful colours. But I know come a couple of weeks and definitely more into November, it's going to be telling me a very different story. Like, do you know, like, so how can I take what energy is available there, what's teaching there and bring it in to my life? Like, because what we're sort of looking at is that there's if there's new life being initiated, if I can start seeing it somewhere outside, then maybe I can allow myself to start seeing it inside. Like. You know, like, so we've planted little, um, good few weeks ago, just there at the beginning, like of um, the autumn equinox, we planted little seeds outside. So in springtime, we'll have all little wildflowers along one whole embankment. That way, like, we've been chatting for ages and we finally get into the actual planting season. Like, so like, I know that we're out there, you know, recently Liam's like, I see, I see little, because I think there's little, little dots, little dots, you know, like, and you just see one little sprout of the whole lot, like, and it's not going to come out anytime soon, like, but you're going, okay, I'm, I'm beginning to plant. Do you know, I'm not going to see it maybe to next year, but I'm going to maybe see in nature and myself and planting little things like, and I think especially in this year, like where there's been such a clearing of the ground for a lot of people, such a massive clearing of space within themselves and externally as well, that it's, it's, it's to allow ourselves permission now to begin to dream like, do you know, like and to see life, even though it can feel like there's just massive amount of death in all ways of being like, but to begin to see life. So another one would be the dreaming, like what do, like, you know, how can I dream? Do you know, like in what way does that, how do I dream? Like, or do I dream? A lot of people go, they don't dream. I'm like, everybody dreams, like, but we can work with them, like in different ways. So it's to allow yourself to open up to dreaming, whether that's through the imagination, whether that's through actual nighttime dreaming, or whether it's just through walking, through reading, through listening to people talk, listening to people share about their lives. You know, they're, everybody gets inspired in different ways. So it's allowing yourself to begin to dream like a... Mm. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Um, and just to circle back on what you were saying about planting the seeds, I think having a physical reminder out in nature how how slow growth is and yet how much is being achieved when you look at nature, how luscious it is and how everything comes together and I think it just speaks to sometimes our our fear of missing out or our impatience you know and it's that idea that in winter yes it's still but it's not that nothing is happening and so I think having this this visual knowing you have especially if you do this for a couple of cycles as well a couple of years you know when you when you then build that experience of seeing nothing for weeks and months and then the flowers are coming out it's just such a beautiful analogy to to take then across the year when you go and not just in the seasonal winter but when it's your inner winter maybe when everyone else is fully blown and you're birthing or just in the in that pre-stage of 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 coming up with something is you know growing within you and just the patience it sometimes takes for that and to have that memory and have that visual of of having planted something like that in the winter can just help us have the patience Mm. to you know not rush through things because you know talk speaking of plants as well you can tell when something is forced grown it's it's just it doesn't have the same resilience towards um pests like towards little you know 
bugs and towards, you know, just the way it grows, it's long and gangly and not really resilient towards, you know, what, what life brings. So the plants that survive longer are the ones that actually are allowed to grow in their own cycle. And so we are part of nature. And so where are we force growing ourselves? You know, we're putting ourselves under so much pressure, under no rest that, you know, we're just growing. Yes, we're, we're reaching towards the light where we were saying up and out, up and out. But there is no rooting, there is no substance, and we've lost the trust in ourselves and the patience in ourselves. And so the winter practices are really one there to acknowledge all of that. So to to connect and to give ourselves the time to really grow into the next cycle and having something you know, like plants around you, I think it's just beautiful to, mm. to watch. Yeah, yeah. because we may think there's nothing happening, but everything is happening in that space. Everything, we just don't see it. The we same with somebody, it. if they're in that space on their healing journey, we, we may not see it, like, do you know, like, unless they share it with us, because they could be outside putting on the happy face and looking like they're having the time of their life. But inside, you know, it's like inside them dying sort of thing, like in a sense. Do you know, like, but they're going through that deep introspective part of themselves, like of life. But we might not see it. So it's the same with nature. Like we might look and go, it's not growing. But we have no idea what's happening beneath the soil. Like, so it's to really acknowledge that part of ourselves sometimes that we might not be seeing the growth yet. But everything I do is in a sense, it might be seen because I might be out doing certain things and promoting things or you know you might be out whatever it is you're, you do like get your bolding towards but you might not have the final growth yet but everything you're in it for the long game like <clears throat> do you know people go like you're still in business after 13 years it's like I knew I was in it for the long game I wasn't here trying to make an overnight success like do you know like so sometimes we don't see all that's going on beneath and deep in the soil deep inside ourselves until we're sort of out of it. Do you know, like, and then yeah, people are like, oh my God, the overnight success. And you're like, 13 years, 14 years, 20 years for some people. You know, how long does it take somebody to write their first book? Like, Yeah, it's this showing up. <coughs> it's, it's, it's showing up to, 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 to the winter, to when seemingly nothing is happening. And if you relate that to uh, an asana practice, um, you know, this would not be the time where I would force my body to go into the the biggest version of my back bends or, mm. you know, looking for my body to grow into like a, a big new pose or something I've never done. You know, if it happens, if it happens, it happens, but it would not be my intention. So it's this, but still showing up to my practice. And this is what it means sometimes with, with the sluggishness, sometimes taking it easier on ourselves and gently how do I actually materialize that and that's what I love about um, the yoga practice because it is is unhooked from everyday life nobody else is involved by it and I can practice all of this can I can I still show up or do I go between full throttle and nothing you know do I go for like a super intense physical practice all of the time and then I just practice yoga nidra do I also have an experience of, of that big void that lies in between you know um but uh, it is it is a time to, um, I would practice, where would I just my practice would be certainly, I'd probably hold postures longer, 
but it's not necessary to increase the fire. Of course, it brings some heat into the body, which is beautiful in the winter, but it's a different kind of heat. It's more like a, a steady warmth rather than a, a rushing and a doing warmth, right? So staying longer in postures just to feel more of that groundedness and just to allow more of ourselves to become embodied in that shape rather than rushing to the next shape. So I would slow it down in that way and um, would introduce as well a lot of postures that are close to the ground. But again, if I feel like um, I'm sort of hanging my forward seated forward fold you know and I'm just kind of spaced out all together I just remind myself and then maybe replaces maybe with a standing forward fold with using the wall as a support you know I would use a lot of blocks in the winter just to kind of create sort of a scaffolding around me where my body can relax into into something and get to experience myself where I don't have to hold myself up all the time and so if I'm supported in a pose and set up well in a pose in that way I get to do all the introspection it happens naturally if I'm showing up and what I mean by showing up is is the instead of the the total shavasana you know which is also beautiful and has its place of going into total disembodiment and just disappearing somewhere into into the realm it's like can I keep my my presence, my awareness when I practice child's pose, when I practice these quiet forward folds, when I'm in there maybe for 10 minutes in a supported way, or 20 minutes, without falling asleep. So it's 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 harnessing that ability of patience and trust in being with something that seems to not make that much progress. Because to be honest, once you're set up in a sitting forward fold with props and everything, it's not the most, you know, elaborate pose, or it's not the most shiniest pose that, you know... Um, that is that seems that exciting so can i be in something like that but still show up in my awareness and my consciousness and then so that i can see what happens beneath the ground that's the winter work beautiful really nice like yeah it's beneath the ground it's the written in like you know we've mentioned this the last one and this one as well like so it's really like that tending to our roots and to me, that also means like tending to the ancestors, like it's the perfect time we see the veil is thinner throughout, like especially sound and all there, like, but it's that more dreamy like energy. We In Ireland, it's like the other world is closer. You can communicate and talk to the fairies a little bit more in a sense that way, like the sea. But like, it's like, you know, a space to come and talk to your ancestors or to begin to explore where do I come from like what do I hold in me and not just we often just think of ancestral healing as you know oh getting rid getting rid of and getting rid of all the bad stuff do you know like sort of thing like or don't talk about all, all the horrible things but it's actually like you know harvesting the gifts like do you know like because my ancestors are in me like do you know, like, so if I know where I've come from or have a, a sense, maybe if I don't know and I can't get that information, then then I know I have a good sense, like I'm on this, possibly running the same old programs or the same track. So I know a, a bit of an idea of where I'm going. So like you're beginning to sort of go into relationship with where you've come from, like, and that could be a simple getting to know the stories and the myths that are associated with where you're from, like, you know, for winter. You know, because that gives you access to the energy in a different way. Like, do you know, like, so if you're in a different part of the world, it can be, you know, starting to research what are the stories or the predominant way that they talk about winter or the practices. Or as you said, you know, like going out with you as a snow in the hills and all like. So we in Ireland, we don't get snow on the hills like so there's not gonna be any stories about certain things happening in the snow and the hills or granny or grandas or stories you know so you're even maybe finding out if you have the beauty of having access to elders of what did they do you know what was winter like 
in their days like or what did they do to pass the time like and for a lot it would have been creativity like do you know like m- like mum would be knitting sewing making things dad would still be outside like that way you just can't get him inside like do you know like so you're sort of still you're sort of learning then going okay and it's not that you have to pick up those traditions but if you can find little ways that they honor it to start honoring those traditions within your own life or start exploring sort of being like I have a little ancestor altar all the time like but it can be bringing a sort of momentum of your ancestors into the space like to realise that you they're there as support and help those who are well that we're calling in to work with them like to help us to not carry on the same track as well like but to also help us can you help me see my gifts like because if they're naturally in me I probably don't see them do you know, like, because they're part of my bones. So to me, it's, it's just who I am, like. But to somebody else, I'm going, oh, my God, if you could package that up, you'd be a millionaire. But you're like, but sure, everybody knows how to do this. So you're asking for their help to see, help me to see myself through your eyes, like. And that's a lovely journey as well to do, like, that way, like, is to help me to see me, myself through your eyes. Would be nice, I think. And it, it speaks to that, Instead of what you mentioned, stripping away, you know, and always peeling away what we are not, you know, when we think of our ancestries, like what do I have to get rid of? But it's also what was trying to come through throughout the generations that now the time has come that's coming through, through my expression. What was my mom's and my dad's intention when they did something and it may not have landed with me in the right way? But what was their intention? What were they trying to embody that I now want to honor? And so are the generations beforehand. So it speaks to that in the winter. It's, yeah, being empty. But being, to me, the winter is being empty of the fluff that doesn't that doesn't really matter in my life. And, start, and I can only be empty of that because I feel full of the things that are truly meaningful to me. So what is it that, that I'm carrying forth through my ancestry, through my, you know, DNA that is now being birth and wants to be birthed through me because the time is right in 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 our society in our environment how we can express ourselves as men and women um but also specifically where i am now in my own life that i can you know take that and and so then the fuel for whatever is that i'm birthing and that i'm bringing forth eventually it it has deeper roots it doesn't just originate in me in this lifetime it comes from a whole collective effort, you know, and if we can connect to that, it's it's both, it becomes very personal and also very much, you can take your own ego totally to the side, much easier sometimes because it's it's been birthed through you, through me, but it's it's not off me as such. And so I think a lot of the winter work, the groundwork that we're laying there is, is to, is to, for me to see the intentionality behind people's actions, you know, uh, in the now around me, but also the people that align that, that, that have come before, come before me. So in that way, it is also a making peace with, you know, um, maybe relationships that were, were difficult. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to re-engage in that relationship, but I can see how, where the intention was for the person, what they maybe said or did. And I can also see where the intention was for the actual relationship to exist at that point in time, even if it, it, it time does not continue on for that relationship. So 
to me, winter is all fueling on, on, on that. You know, when we talk about nourishment in the winter, having warming soups and having warming, you know, like feasts in that way is like literally allowing all of that to come in from our memories as well. Cause that's the, that's the ground that fuels what we bring forward. So it's, it's, it's everything to do with intention and, and practicing, um, seeing our own intention and forgiving ourselves from when, you know, over the last cycle, what, what came into manifestation wasn't in perfect alignment with how we dreamt the intention to be. And we get a chance to realign and reenact, but also to, 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 to really practice, you know, it, it, to practice staying with the intention because when we set the intention so much of is comes doubt comes into that place right it's the am i good enough am i worthy enough am i able enough for for doing this and so winter is this conversation as well on the inside where nothing shows on the outside just yet where you have your dreams you're talking about the dreamscape and but like maybe your ideas starting to actually come into your mind and then the doubt that comes right in there and so the winter's invitation to sit with all of that as well and like one of the practices I just adore is, is meditation, you know, just literally witnessing and again, witnessing what comes up throughout the season. But now, especially in winter, like what is coming up in terms of doubt? What is coming up in terms of shoulds? What is coming up in terms of where I feel like imposter syndrome, you know, like all of those aspects, who am I to do this, that and the other? And just to sit there with both these little early thoughts and inspirations and dreams and ideas that might pop the head up just very much in the periphery and then at the same time what what grows is the the resistance to to that that idea and just to watch how quickly we can self-sabotage ourselves at such early moments and so and even allow ourselves to self-sabotage in our mind for a moment you know that that idea of meditation just sitting with it and watching that process because what it means it draws it helps us understand why certain things may not have worked out for us previously you know like oh my god and now i'm seeing actually how early on i started to self-sabotage and so being in the winter sitting in the quietness and watching all of that allowing all of that to be present is just such a such a potent practice mm. because we're like the, the meditation is one side and then like not even one side it's one part of the sort of the dreaming like so the dreaming the dreamscape is do can i allow myself to dream like you know, and not just the, oh, only what I think I'm capable of, but asking, can I allow myself to be dreamed? Like, asking maybe what my ancestors want to bring through me, what my soul lineage wants to bring through me, what whatever I believe in upstairs or wherever it is, is given to me that wants me to me to be the person to bring this through. Like, but but to dream we need space, and we can't dream in a full room, and we can't dream with twelve million people chatting to us at the same time. So we need that little space, like. You know, and how do I enter that space? Do you know, like, is it just sitting at my kitchen table looking out the window? Do you know, like, is it when I'm asleep at night that I have my little practice before I go to bed, set my intention with my little glass of water? Is it I create create a little herb pillow full of my little mugwort and all, like, you know, to help me go into that space? Is it, you know, like, is it when I read a book that allows me, you know, to access that realm? Like, do you know, like, so what allows me that space but really like you know can I allow something maybe bigger than I am to come through me like and not in an ego sense asking like whatever is knocking at my door can I open the door to it like and allow my that imagination and that energy to flow through like do you know so it's like a receiving space like 
it's what we practice in yoga so much about being this idea of being a vessel you know we're really all we're doing with asana breath breath work meditation chanting um sacred dance all those all those different practices are really there to polish the vessel so that or the faucet if you want for it's like a different analogy same idea so that whatever comes through can pour come a can come through so it's unblock as such there's availability there but it also comes through in 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 purity so not my own stuff is all hanging and clogged into that so so much about this this purification is as to become so that whatever comes through is not just coming through from me but it comes it comes through us rather than from us yeah and we can we can see because as a result of acting from that place there is a it's it it feels way more nourishing to ourselves, but it's also always lands in a way where it contributes towards society, contributes towards all of us. So there's always this win-win. Whenever you're, whenever you're stuck in something that is like where one side is winning and the other side isn't winning, it, something is in that vessel. Something is sort of clogged in that, and and so we can kind of look back over the year as well and go like, where have I put so much effort into it, and I just felt completely empty about it. You know, sometimes things fall apart and it can still be mm. really, really happy with like how I engaged with that. And, you know, there, there's peace in a way at the end of, of a cycle. But so many times something came into existence and you might not even feel that satisfaction or the peace coming coming from that. So why is that and where is that? And and winter gives us that opportunity to to sit still, to, to clear out and to understand in that way. Um, there is a, there's a beautiful practice Um uh, and I'm not going to guide us through it. We might actually do some podcasts mm. at some point, episodes about actual <laughs> practices. But um, it's called the humming breath, Ramari breath. And it's, 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 it's somewhere between breath work, sound work, and, and meditation, where it leans into it, where we essentially make this, mm, this humming sound, which is beautiful in a room full of people, but it's also beautiful with ourselves. And it goes with a, with a mood or with a hand position with it. But when you're sitting in the sound vibration of like a bumblebee, essentially, like this humming sound, it really soothes your nervous system and allows you to to slow down. And it's it's a beautiful way of, you know, if 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 meditation is not something that comes naturally to you, you know, if you just find your mind is is, is busy or you're trying to do something or, you know, even your senses are looking for something and you're like this cold turkey just sitting quiet in meditation isn't isn't happening. This homing breath is, is a beautiful way. So the exhalation is emphasized. It's a mm, There's a quality of emptying out. You hone into that sound. And it's really such a practice of self-soothing and self-nourishment. Um, that is just something beautiful to do. And you can do it in a formal, of course, meditative practice. But again, if you're, if you're new to everything and just want, you know, a gentle, soothing practice, you can run yourself a bath light a couple of candles and and literally create just this most gentle humming sound because the bathroom has really nice acoustics usually so it's very little effort you have to give into it and you just fill the room with that with that vibration and then setting the intention of a very nourishing and healing vibration to the tone of your voice um and then you bathe literally you bathe in the bath bathtub but you also bathe in your own sound which it's to me it's just such a beautiful winter practice yeah beautiful beautiful so I think on that little note, because it sounds just so, so nice that we just to end and the, the water sort of in the bath in a sense, but also the sound, the vibration, the nourishment of all of that and all the different levels that it f really feeds as well. Like um, I'd like to know, is there anything else you'd like to add, Bibi, before we wrap up our little practice session? 
Yeah, I mean, we can we can chat, you know, <laughs> for another five I hours know. <laughs> about this. But I think we touched we touched on sort of the variety mm. and really just I think maybe to sum up that the intention is the most important thing. You know, your intention to to really connect to that quality of winter and you know for me it is slowing down grounding down nourishing but for you it might mean something different and then trust that as well but really is that intention and whatever you do infuse it with that intention and just see what happens yeah yeah and try a few things and see what works for you like that's the beauty of having all the variety of practices that we share is that we get to play and be curious and see what nourishes us so Thank you, BB, for your presence, as always. Always really good to sit and chat with you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for today's episode. And we look forward to sitting with you again and on next week's episode. And until then, enjoy and bye. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, guys. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosie McNally and BB Dallin. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdelman.com and thethirstysoul.com.